Hello, my friends, and welcome to the first guest interview of the new version of this show, Building Freedom with Jordan Paris. Welcome in. Today's episode is with a good friend of mine, somebody that I met a few years ago on LinkedIn, someone that I've worked with. He's been my coach, Jordan Ross. Jordan and I get along really well because we're both integrators. We're both process and system oriented. We geek out on that stuff. Today, we don't exactly do that, though. So I'll have to have him on another time to talk about those sorts of things, because I do think that those are not think. I know that those are really important things in terms of building freedom into your life and not being enslaved by whatever business that you're in. But today we talked about Jordan's journey from drunken frat brother to four-year Amazon employee to just crushing it as an entrepreneur, living the life in Los Angeles, California, making five figures every month, enjoying his freedom. Now you can check out Jordan, eightfigureagency.co. That's the website, eight, the number eight, not spelled out, eightfigureagency.co. Of course, all the usual places like LinkedIn and whatnot. But where I would really recommend following him is Twitter. And his handle there is Jordan underscore Ross underscore 8F. Just a very special person to follow on Twitter. I love his tweets. Probably about half of the likes I give out right now go to him. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Let me show you uh, my environment yeah, bro. right now. This is my outdoor room, baby. space. Dude, look at the hammock. hammock. Yeah, this is my, my outdoor office. Uh, there's one indoors as well. Wow. Similar how's uh, how's Sally liking things? Good. There there are challenges with with being here, I will say. It hasn't come without lessons learned. Like we've actually kind of learned that Tulum isn't necessarily and I'll turn off my video as well, isn't exactly our vibe. And the reason we're learning to really enjoy it, of course, but it's very, very touristy, very um, – it, it's just very loud here. And the place that we picked in particular, we fell for the allure of luxury, right? And of course. a lot of the people that are in the place that we're staying at, which, of course, it's absolutely beautiful, the most modern place you could ever stay at, just really aesthetic, which I – you know, I, I like. You know, I, I like luxury. But – you know, you go out to the pool and every single person's on their phone. And I'm like, dang it. This is kind of what I was trying to get away from. And I just put myself right back in it. So I definitely do desire a quieter, more remote, less techie place. Yeah, bro. And here's the good thing about what you're doing, man. You guys are digital nomads officially. So it's like, okay, we tried it. Good for us. Pretty on much. to the next one whenever you leave, right? And then you figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So Jordan, man, welcome to the show. I've wanted to have you on for quite a while. I know since uh, I did take a break from the podcast, I was saying I wanted to get you on eventually, interview you, just like a lot of people in our, our unofficial fraternity like David and Nico and all those people, so many people. I feel like you are the unofficial spearhead, maybe official <laughs> spearhead organizer of that community it's a very interesting 
thing to to hear and i appreciate you saying that you know um well i feel like you're the connector the one that's kind of brought everyone together in a way well that's so interesting you know my perception of myself i'm just one of the guides on the journey you know what i mean granted there's definitely a lot of connection that is made i i make a lot of introductions like i connected you and andre heiko so that definitely happens but organizer so many intros dude like like even you know luke howell that you introduced me to last week i mean he seems like a pretty badass person like i like his energy we're meeting tomorrow he sent me a loom video in advance he just seems like a really cool guy that i'm gonna vibe with tomorrow but yeah dude i didn't mean to interrupt continue no there was no interruption it's i think it's i think that's what branding is you know what i mean right your perception of me is my brand for you and ultimately that's a really interesting piece of feedback to hear right i'm an organizer and that's definitely one of the hats i play right you are um i definitely organize community i definitely organize connections and i'm a i aim to be a super connector and it's honestly when they just the connections alone and just having access to all these people it makes me really valuable to a lot of people which makes me more desirable and makes my services or my brand as someone to know and whatnot right and you know because we're talking about today it it wasn't so long ago that that wasn't the case yeah right and that's what i want to we are going to get into that i mean you've built an incredible amount of freedom for yourself at what the age of uh, 27, right? Yeah, I am. Got, got it. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> age of 27 built a level of freedom that uh, most people never build in their lives. And that's not to say like you're some, you know, multi, multi-millionaire, billionaire traveling the world, like servants, like no, like that's not what we're talking about here. It doesn't need, freedom doesn't need to look like that. It doesn't need to be like that. And so we are going to dive into that and your journey, which I am uh, really, I feel very, I, I really admire it, Jordan. All the different iterations that you went through in the, those early days of entrepreneurship, we are going to talk about that. It's a lot, man. Absolutely. You saw it. Yeah. Very few people actually saw me as that early life coach. Right. And not yeah. a time, not even a time I want to talk about or acknowledge, but so, it's important for the story. <laughs> Life coach, man. Yeah. And I, you, you even tried to sell me on that. Wow. I remember. Did, yeah. Uh, no, I, I remember, I remember the pitch. I, <laughs> and I remember the, uh, the sales funnel as well, which was actually your podcast. You would, you would, have someone like me on your podcast, your ideal client. And then afterwards, that's when you subtly kind of pitched me. And those were your early days of entrepreneurship. That was probably 2018, maybe I was, I was early 2019. When I pitched you, bro. I, I had a double. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I forgot about well, that, bro. What a we're going to get there. We're going to lead up to that and, and talk about Amazon. Um, and even before that, but I wanted to just make a comment to tie up a loose end about you literally being valuable, a good person to know, a a valuable person to know. And I know that is a fact that you're a valuable person to know because I go into David's Airtable and I see you are like the number one or number two referral partner, like tens, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars just in that business that you have referred to David. And it's even starting to happen in Talos. 2021, yeah. Dude, 100%. Yeah. 
Dude, it's starting to happen in, in Talos where like I'll log a a lead in our CRM and Airtable. And there's so many, like half of them are from referrals right now. And like probably three of them are are from you, which is in month two, <laughs> the month two of a company, like half the pipeline is uh, half of the open pipeline, like not yet closed deals is like from you. I mean, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> you are, you're feeding, you are feeding us. You're feeding so many, you're an amazing referral partner for so many people. Cause you are that connector. You are that organizer. Um, yeah, just man. another thing that I admire about you. Yeah. So I wanted to tie up that loose end. You're quite literally valuable and I've seen the numbers to back it. Yeah. And I, I think for, to give context, right. I want to, I know we're going to go, we're going to have a cool conversation. I want to give context to that. Like, how did that even happen? There was a, my, a, a business owner. His, he's still still around. His name is Mayer Singer. He, I think his company is called Blue Cloud. They're based in San Diego. And in 2020, 2020 was my first full year, first year in business. And I remember struggling to get book appointments. Like anyone who'd pay me, mm. like, I'd work with you. And at that point I was focusing on agencies, but I, my pipeline wasn't filled enough. And I remember talking to my year in 2020 and he had nearly a million dollar business and it was literally all inbound. He did zero outbound. It was a hundred percent referral based and that blew my mind. So I had him a conversation with the only intention. I want to learn your system and I want to understand how you do it. And he's like, it's a really simple system, Jordan. Whenever I meet someone, I put them into a partnership CRM. And whenever I find someone who needs a service or I know someone that could be a provider to them, I make an intro. And over time, two things happen. One, I get an affiliate check. So he's like, my affiliate fees pay for my lifestyle with my family. He's like, I make enough just from introductions alone to pay for groceries and pay for my mortgage and pay for my family. Blew my mind. Yep. And then number two, law of reciprocity has created a massive funnel in my business. Yep. And and it took me about 14 full months to like really start seeing that. But I mean, in 20, sorry, in January of 2022, this current year, I booked over 20 appointments from referrals and introductions alone. But I've probably made over 400. Right. But, but you know, like over time, right? Maybe more. I don't keep track of it. But it's just about building that process where now it's like you look in your CRM, it's ridiculous. But every time I talk with an agency, my ideal client, and they have a problem, I know who is the, who I need to introduce them to to solve it. Any problem the agency has, I have the person in my network to solve it. And I sought them out and I built those relationships. So it's an easy, easy way to become an affiliate and get paid affiliate commissions to build great relationships because when you lead with introductions and when you lead with value and you help other people make money, you're a person of value. When you solve other people's problems by making introductions that solve their problems, they perceive you at a higher regard, right? Like it's it's just such an easy economical way and ecological too. No one does it enough. Couldn't be easier just building that network with intention. Yeah, you've built up a Rolodex, uh, built up a lot of social capital. But like you alluded to, I mean, wasn't all this wasn't always this way. And I do want to take this now as a segue yeah. into that conversation, the journey, right? Let's take this all the way 
from high school, college, which I don't even know what your college, I've never heard anything about college or high school from you. So that's why I'm curious. I don't know anything before Amazon. So I would like to dive into that. What was, what was that journey like and and how has that contributed? If at all, it doesn't have to, to where you are today. Were there seeds there? Oh, most definitely. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you like the cliff notes stuff because I think a lot of the, the good value is after like once Amazon and post comes into this. But part of this story for me is like, this was um, a calling. And I think that's important because a lot of people who get into this game of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, get into the game for money. And granted, don't get me wrong. I want to maybe everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I want to get into. I actually, I did it for freedom. Money plays a part in it. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I'm highly money motivated. I want to be able to provide my family, my wife, myself with all the financial abundance in the world that we can. But this was a calling. I remember in elementary school, I had the inherent belief. I remember looking. I was playing soccer in my backyard alone, probably second or third grade. Just looking around, thinking like I want to be remembered. Like I want to be great. Right. So there was a seed that was already in me as a young child. And, you know, I did all the entrepreneurial things, lemonade stands, you know, sold candy, whatnot. But um, I think just the relevant parts of my story was like, by the time I got to like high school, I was a hustler. Like, and that just showed through sports. I was the best in shape on all the teams I played on. I worked my, I worked the hardest. And that was just my personality at that point in my life because I wanted to win. And I learned that through sports, you know, I might not always be the most skilled, but I could be the one that in basketball will take a charge, or be or be the one that gets the gets the offensive rebound or hits the hits the floor. And in soccer, I could be the one that never gets tired, right? So I built this identity around myself. I'm going to work my ass off, and then I gravitate towards leadership. Every team I ever played on, I became captain mm. on, right? So that's high school, and then even you know, I was highly involved. So like in high school, there were a lot of people that saw me as like this was inevitable. Right. And that was just my personality at that point in my life because I had a decision like I want to be great. And in order to do that, I want to win. I need to get good grades, all that shit. College, interesting story, right? I got a lot of internships in college primarily because I learned that there was a game that had to be played, which got me early exposure to a lot of things that shaped my being. When I was a sophomore, I interned at Limited Brands, which owns Victoria's Secret Bath and Body Works. Yep. And at that internship, I got wind that the operational leaders, the leaders that came out of the warehouse, were some of the best leaders in the game. And at that point, I knew I, leadership mattered to me. I didn't know why. I just knew it, it did. And later that year, I saw a presentation from Amazon right in college where it's like, if you want to be a great leader, you come to work for us. And they told us you could graduate at the age of 21 and manage over 100 peoples. And leadership was this thing I really desperately wanted to master. I just I felt compelled. And what all drew it together was I was listening to the School of Greatness podcast. I think it was my junior year of college. So this was 2014 or 15 at Ohio State. And just the high level, like Lewis Howe said, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, but you don't know where to start, build skills, leadership, operations, management, marketing, sales. Like, And I was like, holy crap, there's the validation. I just need to go to Amazon. But I think here, here's the interesting part of the story that not a lot of people know. I often only tell them these shows. I partied my face off in college. Absolutely partied my face off. As hard as you could imagine someone partying. I was in a frat. 
So I, I was one of those guys in your frat, Jordan, that like you would have respected intellectually, but like partied really mm. hard. Um, mm-hmm. And that's who I was. Like I was the Has guy who potential. Everyone, yeah, everyone respected me intellectually because I worked my ass off. I I played the typical game, <sighs> but I, all I knew is that I wanted to be great, and like I didn't know how like what entrepreneurship like even how to get into that game. I knew I had to go get a job, so I played that game. And it came to a point my junior year where I had partied like so hard that whole year because I think within the first year of that collegiate school year, first month, I got an internship at Pepsi. Started partying way harder than I ever had in my life because I was like, I got an internship at Pepsi. That's going to set me up for Amazon. I'm good. And I was like, that's literally what happened. I got to a black hole point, like a deep, dark place. I was like, I'm a leech on this planet. It was right after spring break. So it was like March of 2015. I felt like shit. I felt like a loser. I felt like I'm just drinking. I'm partying. I'm not adding any value. And I started to consume my buddy, Joe Sitzwell, who's still a good friend today. Like as serendipity, as serendipitous, like would, would have it like, as the universe would have it. He's like, dude, I'm listening to podcasting. I'm like, what's that? Pointing me onto podcasting and audiobooks. I took off, man. I started absorbing at a crazy rate because like that guy who wanted to be that kid who wants to be remembered, that like young adult who wanted to do something great, found an outlet where when I podcasted, when I listened to Lewis Howes or Tim Ferriss, when I would, you know, listen or read the books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, like that was for me, I'm growing to be that person I someday want to be. And that pulled me out of that, like, I feel like a loser. I felt like I was growing. And eventually that led me to Amazon, right? So like that was, those are my early days. And I think those are the relevant points, but I'll pause here because I know that, that could be a mouthful. This episode is sponsored by Riverside.fm. People always ask me, how do you get your podcast sounding so crisp and clean? Well, Riverside.fm is one of the best tools to get your podcast sounding super professional. It is the easiest way to record podcasts and videos in studio-grade quality from anywhere in the world, all from your browser. So it's super simple, too. And at the same time, has super advanced features like recording both audio and video locally, as opposed to over the internet. So the end result is that you and your guest sound like you're in the same room. So visit riverside.fm and use my code JORDAN capital J, to get 60 minutes free recording and 15% off a membership plan. The 15% discount is applicable to yearly plans or the first three months of monthly plans. Riverside.fm, code Jordan, to get your podcast sounding crisp, clean, and professional. I think it's interesting. I'm just thinking about my own journey and how the timeline is kind of similar. Like I was a junior in high school when I was turned on to similar resources, right? The books, audio books that you mentioned. Um, and then it was like four or five years after that point before I, before I really like started to make any real money in entrepreneurship. And it seems like you followed the same timeline, junior in college, turned on to those resources. And then it was like four to five years after that point at which you kind of hit your stride in entrepreneurship. You, you did it for the first time uh, in a real way. So I just thought that was an interesting little, little thing yeah. that I noticed. That's, that's an interesting correlation. Like what's the, 
the gap between the first stimulus of like being exposed to this concept and like, when do you start monetizing it? And, you know, a a lot of different things happened in four years, which we'll go into, but yeah, I think that's an interesting observation. Listening, Like you got, like you got to get into this game for the long term. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you had, I mean, you, you did have this within you. This was always the intention um, that you were going to do something great in whatever form that may be. I was unaware of that. I, I did not know. I thought that you were just kind of cruising along, you know, planning to have a job like a, a regular job forever, which, you know, for some people and for some journeys, like there is nothing wrong with that. It just depends on what aligns with you and aligns with your journey and where you want to go and what you want to be in, in life. And, and not one is not better than the other. Um, mm-hmm. Just what it, yeah. to, to each their own, really. That's that's all it is. But uh, you wanted to do something great in the and uh, build some freedom for yourself. That was it. Seems like that was your intention. So you get this job. You saw see this. You see this presentation from Amazon. Eventually, you do get this job at Amazon, and you worked there for how many years? I was there for just about four years. And in the latter okay. years, like the last. 18 months is very DL. I didn't want anyone to know because I was trying to build a brand. Right. <laughs> so, so like what, the last like two years or so you were on the DL with Amazon? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And that makes sense because I didn't know when I met you, I didn't know that you were still an Amazon. I don't know what I thought. I don't know. Just this, this interesting guy, Jordan Ross, uh, <laughs> who who is who has reached out to me and oh you, oh you know what oh what's so funny we got introduced because like our names were the same somebody accidentally yes. mentioned wow. somebody accidentally at mentioned one of us wow. on yeah. on LinkedIn and it actually was supposed to be for the other one and then and then maybe you or I messaged I I DM'd you I saw that you had a big brand yeah. I saw that you were this big podcast <laughs> I was like oh this is a cool dude let me hit him up that's yeah, so man. funny how how life happens like that it's crazy and all the and we still haven't even met in person but so many experiences unfortunately digital but still a, a wide a wealth of experiences and and shared shared experiences and 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 journeys that we've shared together over the past four years since that time. But I want to talk about Amazon. So you get that job there. And what's that like? Yeah. And let, let, I want to make this like pretty streamlined because I think the the value, actually, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be streamlined, but I went to Amazon with one intention. It was to be an entrepreneur. At that point, from all nice. that podcasting, from all that learning in college, I realized I can go get paid to learn how to be an entrepreneur. Amazon will give me management, operations, and leadership experience. And those are important if I'm going to ever build a company. So a lot of young guys like you, right, graduate college, I want to be an entrepreneur. And you have a lot of painful experiences because you're going out with a blank canvas. You don't actually know what you don't know. And I had the, for, like, you know, I had a good experience where it's like this guy in podcasting is like, don't experience those painful moments when he, it's on your dime, do it on someone else's, right? So that was my mindset going in. First six months were atrocious. I almost got fired. I was a horrible mm. operator. I, w- I graduated and within six months of college, I was managing over 100 employees running an inbound operation. That was horrible. Didn't know how to project manage, didn't know how to gel- delegate, didn't know how to people manage. Really bad experience. And just like forged in fire, right? This, I, I started investing my W-2 salary into seminars and courses 
and people that would train me how to think like this because my direct manager was new to Amazon sucked. So when I finally built these skills, how to be a good operator, like decent operator manager, I eventually learned that I had a really good knack for people. Like my people loved me, bro. And I remember studying culture and I was reading these books on leadership and just clicked. Came across Jeff Woods and the One Thing podcast where he talked about coaching and he was asking these questions. He wasn't telling people what to do. He was asking questions. Blew my mind. And that's when I went down the rabbit hole of coaching. I found IPEC in 2017, I think. 2017, yeah. I signed up for IPEC. I paid $10,000 up front as a mm. W-2 employee, which that was a lot, to go become a certified coach. I thought I wanted to be the next Tony Robbins. And on the side, I was, I was working night shift in 2018. And on my days off at night, because I was still trying to keep my night mode, I was going through a 12-month program learning how to be a coach. So I was building these skills on how to guide and lead people while practicing them as an operator and a leader. And during my time at Amazon, right, like it was just about skills for me, right? I managed a team of 100, and then eventually I'd get a few promotions. I managed a team of 800 when I moved out to California. It's managing a $50 million budget. Same thing, though, like the whole time building these skills, learning how to do these things, operating at a higher, higher level, focusing on strategy, focusing on what Amazon's doing. Why is it working? Like I was in Amazon with the only intention to use as an incubator and study the system. And I would take notes. I'd go home and like eventually in 2019, right? I started working with entrepreneurs for free, Sam Lister, right? Because in 2018, I start becoming a life coach and I start working with life coaching clients. I start posting on LinkedIn and I see Jordan Paris and like, I realized that life coaching is really hard to sell and this sucks. Mm. I'm going to work with entrepreneurs. So I do the thing, right? I have the, all these skills now. Let me help someone. I know how to run a business. I've been doing it. I find Sam Lester, 2019. He has a post of vulnerability on LinkedIn, how he's stressed and struggling. And I'm like, holy shit, mm. I know how to handle stress. I know how to guide people on that. I'm a coach and I know how to run a business. I'm doing it. Like I'm running a $50 million business. Like I'm crushing it. I'm 24 years old this time. And he's my first client. I worked for him for free. Then that led to David Riggs, which led to Nico DeBrain, which led to Jimmy wow. Slagle, which led to a lot of other people. But that was the expedited journey of like how I got into Amazon, built a bunch of skills, learned how to run a business, learned that I want to be a coach, learned that I love helping people, and then just you know start investing in myself. And you know that got me to the point of eventually realizing I could give this thing a shot. Were there any particular low points during yeah, that dude. journey at Amazon where you thought, maybe I can't do this? I thought I was going to get fired, bro. Um, and then it was, what? A, it was a then shit the whole show. entrepreneurship. Is the entrepreneurship thing out the window? Like, are you doubting yourself in that arena? So it was an emotional roller coaster because at the end of the day, like when you're a winner, like I, I identify as a winner, I don't lose. Like I, I will not stop playing the game until I win. That's just my, that's been my mindset. And I've, I've always been an underdog, like in anything I've ever played or been a part in, like I've never been a leading contender. So I got into Amazon and I really sucked, but it wasn't anything new for me. Cause like as a child, like the guys who bullied me became my best friends. I was bad at sports and then I became like the, you know, the, the, like one of the best in the the high school and the, and in the conference, right? So like, I had this personality of grit. So like, I'd go home, I talk to my parents, I tell them I'm miserable. My manager abuses me, mm. ment like mentally and verbally, I'm really upset. 
But fortunately, I just through sports primarily had the fortitude and grit to stick through it. I knew I was going to figure it out and just in my low point, I was like, I'm not getting my development at Amazon. Like in my first six months, my team was one mm. of the worst performing. I was missing a lot of action items. I just couldn't execute at a high level. And when I started investing in myself, I paid for, I think the first thing I ever paid for was like the one thing training it was like 2000 bucks, which is a lot of money for me. And I started learning how to reverse engineer success that blew my mind and that blew up my pro- ability to project manage and then delegate. That one skill led to everything else. And it clicked. Project management, reverse engineer success, delegate the rest and don't do it. And when you work at Amazon as a young professional, there's a hundred things you need to do in a day. So I had to learn that through the hard way. But as an entrepreneur today, I always have a hundred opportunities I could pursue. It's understanding what's all priorities are not equal. I need to do the things with the highest activities. And this morning, every Monday, I review, what do I need to do this week that will lead to my monthly goals, which stack into my quarterly goals, that stack into my annual goals. Last week, I accomplished all of them. This month, I've already accomplished all my monthly goals. And this quarter, I've already accomplished two of the three, and I'm going to accomplish the third. So I learned that from Amazon and just being able, just by failing and having to figure out a better system. And the one thing with Jeff Woods taught me that. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the entrepreneurial operating system that uh, Gino Wickman talks about in Traction. Yeah. Where uh, in the Vision Traction Organizer, BTO. you lay out, yep, you lay out first your five-year goals or whatever the timeline, five to 10-year goals you can pick. And then from there, okay, what do I need to do in three years to be on track for those five-year goals? And then what do I need to do, what needs to happen this year to be on track for that three-year mark? What needs to happen this quarter to be on track for that, those yearly goals? And just reverse engineering it from there. So did remind that me of that kind everything. of a similar framework. Changed everything in my yeah. life because I did that professionally. And then I was like, why don't I just do this personally? What do I, where do I want to be in five yeah. years? I want to be an entrepreneur. How much do I want to make? Okay. What do I need to do? And I just, you know, when you start it, predict, it's just a prediction formula. And you're not that good at it. But just by starting, you it's just like learning how to play a sport. Like if you go start shooting basketball hoops tomorrow, you're going to suck at it. But if you figure out, okay, I need to adjust the height and adjust the power, you eventually start hitting your shots. Like you become better at the game of prediction, understanding what you need to actually focus on. And I mean, that's how I kind of, that was huge for, for that's huge for any young entrepreneur. Because when I quit Amazon, I had to figure out where to put my energy towards. And I picked the right thing, which was like, marketing and sales, right? That's obvious, but a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Jordan, at that point, maybe two years in, you know, you start keeping the fact that you work on at Amazon on the down low because you're trying to make it as an entrepreneur and you don't want people to think like, oh, this is just my side hustle and I'm trying to make it as an entrepreneur. I would assume that's the, the thought process. You're kind of like trying to fake it till you make it in a way. And so- what was the point at which you decided to leave Amazon and why? I knew I was going to leave Amazon before I even started working there. So let's let's make that, that of course. conversation. Um, I would have quit Amazon probably after year three, but I was engaged at that time. And my wife was like, my fiance at the time was like, you don't have a plan. You're not doing that. Like you also have, granted at this point, the stock was like booming. 
She's like, you're not going to turn away $20,000 with the stock. So I had a stock vesting. So the game plan become, got my stock vesting, which I think, I think when I left my final vesting was like 20 K. So that was the plan, like get my stock vest and then do everything I need to do to position myself. So when I do quit, I have a runway, start saving money, start getting clients and just working it. Right. So in my third year at Amazon, I started working with anyone who paid me. And at the end of my third year at Amazon, start working with eight like entrepreneurs. And in my last year at Amazon, in my last six months, it really became get a lot of clients or enough clients that I can manage on my off days and while at work. So I could quit and have a runway because my wife, she's like, you have 90 days to prove to me you can make enough in entrepreneurship as at, at Amazon. So I would work and in my lunch time, during my lunch, like I was posting content I remember like in my last six months, I was like on LinkedIn DMing people. I was taking sales calls in the parking lot. I was taking client calls on my lunch, like mm. during my lunch breaks. Like I was doing everything I could because I, you know, we had that this discussion when I get my stock, I'm quitting. And I knew that probably like a year and a half before. So it just became like build a runway, build as much cash reserves and capital cash flow so I can quit. So when I do quit, I could like spend 40 hours a week figuring this out. Absolutely. I want to highlight for people, because I think this is such a, an inspiring and beautiful journey, just the different iterations. Let's, let's streamline that for people right here. So the first iteration of your journey into entrepreneurship was life coach, right? Yeah. I was doing high performance life coach was the first title I came up with from the guy right. that paid to help me was meditate. I think you were a meditation coach at one point or was that mixed in with- It was part of what I was doing and I still do it, right? I, th I mean, if a yes. client comes on and they're it's anxious, I'm going to do breath work with them, right? And that's today. Like me. Yeah, we've done it. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's part of the life. So high performance, yeah, high performance life coach. And then you start, so you went from there and then what was next? Was it just right like into working with entrepreneurs? Coach, I, I didn't know if I had a title. Was, but it was like, it was anyone who'd pay me who's an entrepreneur, I'd help them run a better business. It had to do with operations. And that's when I was working with Sam Lister for free. That's when I bartered with David Riggs. Like, I'll help you learn how to run and manage your company. And I just started, I just started closing deals with a bunch of entrepreneurs. Like anyone who'd pay me who was like in a disorganized place in their business. Yeah. Well, man, I can attest to how great of a coach you are. You know, you've, you've helped David, you've helped Nico, you've helped Sam literally grow from nothing into a ton, <laughs> a ton of monthly recurring revenue. Um, they've, oh, yeah. these people have built massive machines that systematized. And, and I feel like a lot of, um, I guess a lot of your teachings with David rubbed off on me, you know, they, you spread it to David and David spread it to me. And, and yeah, he, he and becomes now, we, the now we've got a, <laughs> yeah. right. Now we've got a business all about building systems, David and I partially, I get in, partially because of you. So I have to acknowledge you there. I appreciate that. And I have to acknowledge you as well for how what you do aligns so much with who you are. I love it. Things are, e it's easy for you, right? Oh, yeah. Because it just aligns with who you are. And I've found, especially over the past year and figuring out what I want to do, if it's something that is just excruciatingly painful, 
to you, if it's something that you're procrastinating on for months on end, then that's a sign that it, that that task is probably not something that aligns with who you are. You know, I'm all about I, I'm that's all about great. working hard. Work. It, it's this is not about not working hard and and not doing the work. This is about doing the right work that aligns with who you are, that is a little bit more frictionless. And you can work for hours on end all day. Not that you should work on day, all day because all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, but you can work all day and time just flies by because you're having fun because what you do aligns with who you are. And I really feel like you found something like that. And I would encourage people to Try and find something like that. Try something else and then something else and then something else until you find something that is frictionless that you can do with excitement and passion um, and it, something that you can get in flow with. Follow the flow. If you, if you are in flow doing it, you, it's a sign that you're on the right path. And I feel yeah. like that's definitely where you are and, and, and the level. So paint a picture for me, Jordan, of the level of freedom that you've built into your life. I know we're coming up on time a little bit. So paint a picture for me where you are today. Yeah, brother. And I think the first thing, freedom is how, how you define it. I, I choose to do what I love. I choose to work with the clients I work with. I choose to be on this path. I choose where I live, how much money I spend, right? Like we, and you know, I have a wife I want to make, take care of. So like a lot of it, this is freedom for me is having the power of choice. That's freedom. That's true freedom. Yes. And, you know, I, I just think simply like I do work a good amount like during the week. Like I'm probably on, I'll need a look, maybe I might be on five to six hour, like maybe five hours of calls a day. My, so probably 20 to 25 hours of calls a week. I'm working hard, but I love what I do. This is like, this is my passion. I'm free to pursue what gives me energy and excites me, which that's every conversation I'm on. I'm free to pursue what I define as my purpose today, because I think purpose evolves. I don't, I, think, I don't think it's a stagnant thing, which is help evolve the way that people run their businesses so they can be free, right? They don't have to work in the business. And free to make as much money as I am able to via the skills that I could get into the marketplace and, you know, the ability to market, right? And this is not something I've ever said publicly, but, you know, last month we profited $25,000, right? That's $300,000 annually. And that's Run the first rate, month yeah. of the year. That was a big month for for ADF, right? Because my business partner Zach is starting to like next month. I think he'll run all sales calls, and he'll run. He's already running all fulfillment. So like, I've been able to work myself nearly out of the operations. It's not 100, percent but it's close. And I've been I'm in the process of working myself out of sales, which is you know same thing I do with my clients. And we're doing that from a position of high profitability, and that's before I pay myself, but high profitability. So freedom of choice, freedom of energy, freedom of path, and just like freedom. When you are truly free, you feel empowered. I, I wake up fucking livid every day. I don't know if I'm allowed to drop F-bombs. I'm just stoked to be able to have this opportunity. So for me, freedom is is all those things, right? Being able to yeah. pursue the life of my dreams, which I'm already living it, and I get to evolve upon it every day. And I think that's the final piece I want to live with or leave you already can live your the life of your dreams. Like you could already be free, right? There's a there was a quote, I'm forgetting his name, from a prisoner in concentration camps, and he said, like, they can shackle me, but they cannot imprison my mind. For that I'm always free. 
right? An amazing quote, right? So the freedom is truly your choice. And in 2022, you have and beyond, you have the power to really be as free as you so please. So that's what I'll drop and end with. Jordan Ross, you're the man. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother.